Welcome to Mission Control, where we give you step-by-step instructions on how to take your e-commerce store to levels only a rocket can reach. Each episode, we'll be interviewing an expert in the e-commerce industry that is going to give you simple, actionable advice on how to attract new customers, retain them, and build a brand that you are proud of. This show is brought to you by the makers of Rocket Car, an e-commerce service and solutions company. All right, welcome to the next episode of Mission Control. I am your host, Alex Ivanov, with my partner and co-host, Dave Pancham. Today, we have a guest. He uh, goes by the name of Aaron Nospish, and uh, we're super excited to have you on, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining. Of course, man. I'm stoked to be here. It was so good to hang out with you guys last time we were at that event. I think it was Georgia, uh, maybe. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a really good time, and I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, man. You travel so much, Have you don't even know where you are sometimes. <laughs> I'm really, it's confusing. Uh, it's sometimes stressful, but it's, it's also its also a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I told you, my, my wife's a travel writer, actually. Uh, so we spend uh, about six months on the road. Um, and um, she thinks she has a good job because uh, she's a travel writer. People invite her to go to different places and familiarize herself. But I get to go and I don't even have to write about the places. <laughs> so I think I, I really got the better better deal of that uh, out of us two on that one. But it's a, it's a cool gig. So we get to spend a lot of time on the road, but it's... Um, and I think it's interesting because it's like you're constantly in a fresh new place. And so you see things differently uh, than you would great otherwise. For sure. What do you mean by that when you see things differently? Like you just experience things differently? Yeah. Well, so like, okay. So I'm kind of a little woo-woo on this one. But like there's a concept about like time expands to the consciousness you bring to it. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. But like the idea is like if I, if I was to say two seconds, if I said one, two the, the, the focus and attention we bring to that, those seconds expand them. They, they feel longer than they would otherwise. That many two seconds have passed since I'm talking. So like when you go to new places, you're very present uh, with where wherever you're at. It's a new experience. It's not the same thing you've done for the last hundred days. It's a, it's a totally new environment, new food, new people, new uh, working uh, place. And so you think uh, in a different way and you're more conscious. And so I think you get you end up getting um, – you're more present with the moment and you have more time to utilize and you're not held back by patterns and systems that you nat- that you naturally fall into uh, and thus um, bog, you, bog yourself down. There was a TED talk on this. They called it like, they said like, oh, life flashes before the blink of an eye for a lot of people. And the reason that that, that is, is because if you look back in your memory, every day is very similar. And what you, what you need to do in order to prevent that from happening is make each day different. If you can make each day or weeks different, um, then when you look back, there's a lot of distinction in your memory, and then your life feels a lot longer and more fulfilling. So I pursue that personally. I love it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's that was like a deep. It was very deep. Going going right to it. Yeah, it it makes sense. Like the (laughs) anti. It's like anti same shit different day mentality. (laughs) Yeah, live each day differently. That's right. And it's funny too. Let's let's talk a little bit about what you do, Aaron, because based off of what your little deep spiel right there, I'm pretty sure people won't be shocked in hearing what you do and what kind of brands you work with. I, I want to take a step back because I thought it was funny when I first met you and I was like, I, it was at the event and we were eating lunch and I just kind of walked in like, hey, let's, you know, let's eat. And you're, I was like, so what do you guys do? And you're like, we own the largest CBD agency in the world. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Well, there's not very many, so that kind of made it, yeah. uh, that yeah. kind of made it easy once we got, <laughs> got successful. <laughs> but, but it is the largest, uh, and we, we do run about 90, uh, 90% of the CBD and hemp ads on Facebook and Instagram at the moment, uh, and about 80% on Google, um, and, uh, and probably the only ones advertising on TikTok at this point, or at least 99%. Um, and so, yeah, to that point, so, I, so I'm Aaron, Aaron Osmich. I'm, I'm the CEO and partner in Lucid. Lucid is the uh, the largest CBD and hemp advertising agency in the world. Uh, we've kind of repositioned now. We call ourselves the largest conscious compound advertising agency in the world, or the leading conscious compound agency in the world. Um, long story short, um, uh, I was uh, I'll back it up a little bit. I started a D2C brand with a handful of other guys called Monk, uh, um, and I joined it, and I was the CMO. And I also thought I was a partner, which I found out later I was not, which sucked. Uh, it's kind of one of those kick in the teeth moments. But uh, Monk created a portable aromatherapy diffuser. It was essentially a vaporizer that we took the nicotine and tobacco out and we added essential oils to it. 
And so we tried to advertise this on Facebook and they wouldn't let us. And I wrote a letter to Zuckerberg and said, this is pure innovation. This is not an e-cigarette nor a vaporizer. It does not conflict with any of your policies. And if you don't let us advertise, you have forgotten what innovation is and the corporate machine is at your soul. And he did not reply. But they, our, ad account, <laughs> our ad account was unlocked the next day and we became the first vaporizer tech product to ever advertise on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and so I learned something that, uh, that, you, can, that you can innovate through compliance. You can innovate through understanding what the policies are. There's kind of like two ways to innovate. You either throw out all the rules. This is kind of what Steve Jobs did this a lot. You throw out all the rules and you just make new rules or you follow the rules really, really well and you build new rules on top of this. Um, and so I, that's essentially the policy that what we did at Monk. Monk turned into, uh, uh, went from zero to a hundred thousand our first year in operations from a hundred thousand to seven million in our second year from seven million to 15 million uh, a year in sales in our third year. Um, and so we were, uh, we grew very quickly. We we're the top 50 fastest growing companies in America, two years in a row. Um, and uh, we were the top 1% of advertisers on Facebook. So I got close with a lot of people at Facebook. I went to headquarters a few times. Uh, long story short, I got into CBD. I tried to advertise my own products on CBD. I couldn't get it done. I was getting, did some black hat stuff. I worked for a minute, but then I got restricted seriously uh, from Facebook. And um, I kept consulting CBD and hit brands on how to build, scale, and exit. They all wanted to know uh, how to advertise. So I kept working on it. I called some friends at Facebook and I made some strategic partnerships. Uh, one with Nick Shackleford over at Structure Social, another with Rob Jewell over at Power Digital. Uh, and I got access to high level partner manager reps, um, made cases to Facebook on why CBD advertising is compliant uh, if done correctly. And um, they agreed. Uh, and in the process, we became the first people to be able to compliantly advertise CBD and hip which um, when you're the first and only people who can do it compliantly, it's easy to become the biggest quickly. And so and so then last year in 2021, we 10 our agency from about 30,000 to 300,000. Uh, and now we are the uh, 300,000 a month, uh, which is still small fish compared to where we're going. Um, and um, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. And so now we're less focused on just CBD and hemp. Now we're really focused on ketamine therapy as well and other psychedelic therapies. I think psychedelic therapy is going to, radically uh, uh, disrupt the wellness world. It's already happening. And so we're, we're starting to advertise ketamine therapies now on both Facebook, Instagram, so Meta, Google, and TikTok, and then uh, adaptogens. So products like mushroom products or ashwagandha or so anything from reishi and lion's mane to ashwagandha and I don't know, L-fa, like it, it, even vitamins and nutraceuticals. So anything that falls into what we call conscious compounds and conscious compounds are therapeutic compounds that lead to a net positive return. So things that pe make people better rather than make people worse. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes fun to go drink alcohol um, or some people might find it fun, but like no one's really drinking alcohol and like, I'm really going to feel better tomorrow. <laughs> like this is really going to put set me up for success. Like it doesn't usually work that way, but, but that is how some substances work. That is how CBD works. That is how um, mushrooms work. Um, that, or when I say mushrooms, like these, these adaptogenic mushrooms, um, it's how a lot of these products work. And so I'm, I, I think that we have a superpower as modern advertisers. And I want to use uh, mine and my team's superpowers to make the world a better place, to make a difference in suffering. And that's exactly what we're doing here with Lucid. Man, that was a rant. I was going to say, if that Do if that what? was like a dissertation of Aaron's <laughs> life, that was like the quickest abstract first paragraph ever. <laughs> um, but no, that's awesome, man. I mean, just summarizing the journey and, you know, how you guys are getting to where you're at and where you're going, it's it's astounding to hear um, how different you how much differentiation there is between you guys and, and the rest of the advertising world, you know, wellness product world, whatever it is. So let's back up. Like, let me ask why, because you kind of just touched on this at the end, like wh why you're trying or what, where you're going with this marketing um, mechanic of, you know, getting conscious compounds out into the world. But like when you started and when you like started to break into this space, why did you choose to go this route? Yeah, um, uh, honestly, it's because I was uh, smoking a lot of weed and I wanted to make it profitable. Uh, <laughs> that was the initial kind of <laughs> reason. I was like, wow, this is really hurting my career. I better figure out how to make this work. Uh, and so that was the initial idea. Um, and then that kind of transformed um, over time. You know, it's like uh, entrepreneurs, they're usually CEOs, entrepreneurs, part, like, uh, founders. They're usually um, the uh, the regulator of success or um or failure in their company. And so I, so I, the reason I, so, so I often like, I'm very passionate and like, 
personally invested entrepreneur. Like I'm, I'm, I'm living my life fully and I'm looking to live my business. I'm using business as a way to drive massive impact um, through my fully lived life. So I guess the reason I say that is I was, I, I came from Monk. I had a really bad um, kind of exit. I didn't know how to dot my I's across my T's. And so I didn't have my paperwork in order and I got pushed out of this company that I thought I co-owned, um, which was a kick in the teeth and kind of go through this as entrepreneurs. I'm sure you guys have been there and done that, but it's, it hurts. Um, and so I went through a period where I was just, down and out, I was smoking pot and chilling, and I, and, and I just wasn't getting much done. And I was like, okay, I really like this substance. I just wish I could use it in a net positive way that would be beneficial. And that's when I was introduced to CBD, and I found CBD to help with stress and anxiety and sleep and pain. And so I was like, okay, well, it'd be cool to get in this. So I started my own CBD brand because I wanted to, you know, help help people. I wanted to uh, reduce suffering uh, in the world and help people. Um, live to their fullest potential and i think the reason people don't live to their fullest potential is they're often opp uh, oppressed either by themselves or by other people uh by things that um could can be preventable uh or 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 treat or supplemented or treated so anyway uh long story short i uh i got into cbd advertising uh, i got i had the cbd and I, I i was trying to advertise and i couldn't get it done and uh uh, I was seeing these reviews of the people that were using our CBD products and other people's CBD products and how it was radically changing their lives for the better. And I thought, wow, this is great. If I could only figure out how to advertise this, we could really do a service for humanity. Um, and then that grew into this bigger vision of like, what am I doing with my life and what are we doing? Um, what are, what is my partners doing? Uh, and, and it was, uh, we want to make, we want to make a social change. We want to make it, we want to be, you know, it was kind of trendy for the last few years, but it's like, we wanted to be, um, a social, uh, uh, what's the word, a socially good company um, and, uh, and make a social impact. And so for us, uh, the most obvious way I could do that was uh, help like kind of coin this term, which we trademarked uh, conscious compound, defining a category class of products that would lead to a net positive therapeutic and would lead to a net positive benefit and then help the brands that are having a lot of trouble advertising them, uh, advertise them. I mean, like they, like, you know, in the modern market, Facebook, Instagram, and digital advertising, it's the most revolutionary tool that's ever existed in, in advertising and marketing. And um, it's completely blocked off from this category class products. Like, uh, you know, their, their policies very much lag behind the development and the wellness world, um, even for adaptogens. And so uh, we saw it as a, uh, a big opportunity to help the world and to be... Um, uh, and to be and create a lot of profit in the process that would allow us to fuel more impact over time. So that's kind of the MO. I take it one step further, even like I'm really, I really care about people. I care about you guys. We don't have some great conversations. Like I, I, I care, I care about, I, I'm really passionate about most things I do, um, including my team. And so like I see, uh, Lucid's like a very holistic uh, uh, vehicle for positive change. Like it, it, we we have good partners that are also all benefiting um, both in a, in a personal fulfillment and a professional development way. We have good team members who are all earning what we call Super Bowl rings. We took this from Thrasio. I mean, they're working with some of the biggest brands in the entire uh, cannabis industry, from Charlotte's Web to Mark Stewart to Laura Jones to Tom Chong. These are big brands, uh, and once you work with big brands, as you guys know, it changes things. You start to play at a bigger level, and so we like to help. We're helping our people play at this bigger level. We're helping understand what they want out of their life, helping them get it, uh, and in the process, and, and, we're, and we're and we're collectively making a dent in human suffering and helping people reach their maximum potential. So, yeah, that was a long answer. I better shorten these answers, but that was no, that's, that's good, man. Vision of what we're that's doing. Good. There. That's super inspiring that's too. So. You, you talk a lot about how what you you're jumping on this 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 trend, but platforms are falling behind. We're overall. I mean, you, you set up your own brand, and now you're on the marketing side, and we're seeing you're not alone, right? Like, there's a lot of brands that are hopping on this and and jumping into this opportunity of this growing sector slash industry, whatever you want to call it. Why now? Is it is there something in the past few years or five ten years that there's something different, or is it just kind of starting to become like a socially accepted trend? Totally. Depends how deep you want me to go on this, but I like uh, why now is people want a better way to feel better is the short answer. Like they like, the, you know, a lot of people have used harmful drugs and harmful activities for a long time that have led to them to the, led to them being worse and feeling worse. Um, and people are um, becoming smarter and more conscious and more wise and more aware of their bodies and 
a society and uh, like what things lead to growth and what things lead to death. And they're, they're being more intentional about their choices. And so because of that, the whole recreational world of compounds is changing as well as the whole uh, wellness sector is changing and the whole medicine sector is changing. So I'm trying to be a, a conduit between those to help um, the correct products get entered into mainstream, to usher in the correct, the what they call it, the most righteous products into uh, mainstream culture and to help us uh, ultimately like almost assist like the conscious elevation of society. That's kind of the idea there. Like pharmaceuticals have been very harmful for the last, you know, tw- I don't know, for a while. <laughs> like, um, and, and a lot of people are realizing that now. A lot of the, the foods and the wellness products and the supplements we've been taking uh, uh, or that our parents would give us or that they would take is um, very harmful. Uh, and a lot of the recreational substances that people would use to get in a sense of transcendence or uh, euphoria or experience, they're very harmful. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. And that's the thing that I think is the new phenomenon. And so I believe that this is the – I believe that we are – I don't believe this is a trend. I think CBD and ketamine and, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it might trend at different times, but I don't believe that this, this bigger movement is a trend. I think that this bigger movement is inevitable. I think it's the, uh, I think it's the natural conclusion to um, people becoming more conscious, more self-aware, um, and, and more evolved. And I believe that it's going to radically shift the entire wellness and medical uh, and recreational world. Um, and I... I uh, 100% will lead that uh, pack on the advertising and marketing side uh, with my team. As you are. Yeah, man. Uh, what would you say? I like biggest... some... I like... Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> so I feel like somebody definitely listens to some uh, JRE. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm smoking pot. <laughs> what would you I just listened to 30 minutes of him talking on uh... – psychedelics man it was just like all his clips cut up where he's just talking about like his dmt trips and stuff guy's wild really smart what would you say is the biggest roadblock right now for the cbd brands and just overall like the social trend trying to kind of become more mainstream of of these conscious compounds it's like i find that most of the time the challenges are also the opportunities i I think that this is kind of like a metaphysical rule in life like so for instance one of the challenges is we can't do direct promotion of cbd and hemp on facebook and instagram um uh, so meta like we have to educate consumers uh into a kind of a direct response funnel so we're so we're essentially saying hey what is cbd or what does cbd feel like going to an article that talks about what cbd is or what it feels like that clicks through to your home page or additional information of some sort um and so that's a challenge because it, it, it leads to this, like it's still not clean direct response advertising that you could do with a t-shirt brand or a watch brand. Um, but, um, but I think the opportunity is that a lot of people aren't familiar with these new substances and it gives us the opportunity to educate them about that. And that builds authority and an affinity and trust. And in, in, in that process, uh, we can build deeper relationships with our, with our brands, consumers, than. um, some of these more turn and burn direct response uh, brands. So I think that's one of the main challenges is there's a, there's an education gap. Um, one and, uh, and two, I, I think we're super uh, early uh, is the reality. Like I, like we, there's been maybe there's been a bunch of studies on CBD, but like just recently, uh, they haven't been done over a lot of time, like cannabis psychedelics, um, uh, and, and cannabis and psychedelics especially have been classified as illegal drugs that were not even able to be tested for the longest time until just recently. Like they were federally illegal and we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't study them. And so they, we knew they had, they had all these benefits, but we didn't necessarily know what those benefits were. And so just recently the, the, the gates have kind of opened and the flood is now coming of new research on these. We're finding incredible um, opportunities with these substances um, to treat everything from uh, depression, addiction, anxiety, uh, PTSD, um, uh, epilepsy, and seizure disorders, like major things that cause a lot of pain and distress in humanity and suffering. Um, and we're finding that these, these natural products can revolutionize that. So I think, it, I think the challenges that I'm seeing being faced as we, as collectively the industry and Lucid uh, ushers in conscious compounds in the mainstream is uh, uh, it, we're early when it comes to studies. We're, uh, there's 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 challenges uh, 
riddled through each and every platform when you try to advertise these things or, or try to uh, try to promote them. Um, and and there's a there's a gap in consumer knowledge. I am patient and confident and, and, and have deep trust that all those things will be resolved um, faster than I think I than I even realize because um, it's happening. Like this is what I was going to say about uh, earlier about like um, why all why now uh, why are people changing? Like the internet man is like really doing a lot of this for us. It connects us all. Like you know Alex and Dave, we didn't know each other last year. Um, now we do, and like we're tight. Like and, and we're connected. We're doing these podcasts. And, this is something that never really existed in humanity before. Like people to be able to share information and connect and have discussions and evolve ideas as fast as we can. Um, and so in this modern era. And so I think that the internet and technology is leading to a lot of this rapid collective lift in awareness um, and connectivity. And I, I think in the process we're realizing, Hey, it's probably not a good idea to take all these pain pills and Hey, maybe uh, psychedelics, uh, once a year is probably better than uh, taking antidepressants all year. Um, and so those are some of the, uh, some of the, uh, just a couple of the things I think people are realizing. So I got a couple of questions that came up from everything you were saying there. First, like in terms of, is your, like your ability to like market CBD, is that due to now like the knowledge of understanding how to navigate the system or is that also partially due to relationships that you've created? Like how, how is that affecting, like, you know, does your competition know how to do that? Like how is the competition that you have out there doing, trying to like compete with you? Like, can you just kind of speak to that? Yeah, bit? totally. It, it, both and is the short answer. Um, so um, the way we went about this is I, uh, initially, there was a couple CBD and hemp brands that were advertising. Uh, one was Fields and one was Puritana. Um, Fields was running these educational ads, and they were the only CBD brand in the world who had consistently live CBD ads. Um, and I was like, okay, what? why? Um, and then this Puritana was running hemp topical ads where they were using hemp language instead of CBD, and they were pretty consistently running these ads. They were the only two brands. Everyone else, me, I was trying everything and anything. It wasn't working. And so I followed. So I was like, okay, what, what's going on here? There has to be something else going on. Um, and, uh, long story short, I just, I did some deep research to figure out what they were doing and why they were doing. I called my friends at Facebook, uh, who, you know, worked there in the past or worked there presently. And they gave me the internal and external policies about CBD, um, which are all publicly available now. And I've, I've shared uh, before. I'm happy to share again, but essentially the policies say that you can, um, it says hundred reasons why you can't advertise CBD. And then it says, uh, you can educate, you can advertise educational information about CBD that leads to additional information. You can advertise news articles and press articles and uh, press articles that uh, are educational about CBD and that you can advertise hip topicals as long as um, it's not CBD topicals. And so I was like, oh, wow, like there it is spelled out. Uh, you can do it, but you have to be very precise. So we started that way and most of our ads were getting approved, but we were still getting shut down and our ads were still getting rejected. So the next step we took was... Um, Using live chat, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash business slash help. And many of us have live chat access on our Facebook profiles. And you can use that to connect with Facebook and appeal. So we started appealing ads and we started getting ads live much more consistently. And this is what most anyone can do um, uh, now, but they often don't. Um, and that would be how you get. Uh, so that's one. That's the easiest way to get ads live now on CBD. And anyone can do this. Um, and then we also made strategic relationships with um, Nick Shackleford uh, over at Structured Social and uh, his other companies, Geek Out and uh, uh, Constant Creative, and uh, with Rob Jewell over at Power Digital. And through those relationships, we got direct rep support. Now the thing with direct rep support at Facebook, is it takes anywhere from like three to ten million dollars a month in ad spend in order to get a official partner rep at Facebook. Um, so how do you possibly get to three or $10 million in ad spend if you can't get your ads live, uh, even if they're compliant, <laughs> it's, it's not possible. So, so there's another way you can do that, which is you can partner with agencies that already have that. And so, um, we made a partnership with Nick and he took a, 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 a small portion of our company uh, and became a partner in Lucid. And then we made a partnership with Power Digital, uh, which was really based off of a referral agreement, uh, but it was a significant referral agreement, but they would send us our CBD, their CBD leads and we would give them a, a strong commission. That gave that those contracts allowed us to be partners with these agencies, uh, and which allowed us to access their um, support. And uh, through that, uh, you know, live chat's great. Support direct support's much better. Um, and there's even programs at Facebook um, that, um, that that will that are built for products like this. There's programs for uh, 
for traditionally non-compliant products that are actually running compliant ads in order for those to get a closer review. And so I made a case to Facebook and talked about this and uh, they've enrolled us into some of those uh, programs. And so there's no real, like people are can think that there's this kind of like pay to play or whitelist status that you can get at Facebook. There's really not, uh, not that I've experienced, maybe maybe at the level of Royal Caribbean or Apple, but I've never really experienced that. Um, but what I have experienced is that there's, um, that there are, if you're intentional about being compliant and following their policies, they're intentional about helping you um, along the path. But you do need access. Now, like, it's hard to do this without access to a rep. I remember what it felt like when I didn't have a rep and how hard it was to get things done. And I, I do think it's a wise play to get access to a rep somehow, some way. The, the best way that I can recommend is exactly what I did, which is make a partnership with um, someone who already has one. Or in other words, yeah. it's easier to partner was, uh... with someone like Lucid. <laughs> If you're a CPU, <laughs> exactly, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's well, so like it's kind of like Gary Vee, right? Like he he's, he he said in the past, um, I can I there's no I have no concern about sharing my ideas or, or how to do things because ninety nine percent of you guys are not going to do it. Um, and like uh, like I so I I'm we're I'm very open Komodo, very trust and transparency based. Um, there's no secrets. I'm I'm here to share. This is how we're doing it. It's just the majority of people don't care to try to do it uh, that way um you know and this is actually this is kind of like this the the illness or the sickness of the restricted category uh of the restricted categories is that they're so familiar with black hat strategies in the restricted status that they've almost bought into this idea that they need to be bad or do bad things or, or break the rules uh, or like, and so you get this idea from, and I, we see this all the time. I have to, I have to train people out of it where they're like, okay, this is, um, you know, how do we break the rules? How do we get around the system? How do we, how do we trick Facebook? How do we, how do we fool TikTok? You know, I'm like, like you're, you're asking the wrong question. It's how do we play with them well? How do we do this so compliantly that they're encouraging us to spend and they're congratulating and they're supporting us? Like, you don't want, you don't want, like, I don't find conflict typically works very well. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, and that's the way to getting things done. Um, so, but alignment really does. And so, like, uh, this, what Lucid does is we are the compliant white hat, um, you know, agency uh, in these in these conscious compound categories, where uh, the majority of the people that try to advertise CBD are just looking for ways to um, trick Facebook. And I have no intention to trick Facebook. I have every intention of being very open and honest with Meta, with uh, TikTok, and with Google. And I think that's what it's allowed us to become the leaders in the space: is that uh, level of integrity and uh, transparency in our actions. So. Um... You know, everything that you, all the stories you've told us so far, um, exude a lot of passion. And I thought it was, you know, hearing this all now versus when I first spoke to you, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to sell the agency. <laughs> and <laughs> totally. So what's talk to me about what's going on now, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like, you know, I, uh, since I was little, I always wanted to build like, um, my version of an iPhone, not like a phone itself, but a level of innovation that great that it fundamentally changes humanity and uh, consciousness even. Like, it's weird that we're just connecting through our computers. And, uh, you know, partly that was related to Steve Jobs um, and Bill Gates and some of these other guys, but it's a big, it's a big innovation. So I've always wanted to do, do that. Um, I started an agency in college and, I ran a, and I've ran a handful of DTC brands, uh, about six now. Um, and I, I like internet commerce. Um, but I never really liked the agency game. And I wouldn't say I'm that crazy about it today, um, even. So, you know, I think we, we, we talked about it uh, about a year ago or eight months ago or something. And uh, at that time, I was so bogged down with the stress of agency. Like uh, Alex and Dave, you guys get it. I'm sure anyone watching that has an agency. It's it's like you're holding a ticking time bomb, uh, like when the next challenge is going to blow up uh, and you just got to resolve. And um, so it, it has been very stressful. But I've learned to, like we were talking about this earlier, I often find challenges are opportunities. So I try to look at it holistically. And the challenges with agencies is there's there's a lot, it's, it's you're, you're not building one innovation that's growing and then you're distributing that product necessarily. You're, 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 you're in a service-based business, which means it's based on people. And even when you get things done, there's just more to do. And so it can be very challenging in that regard. But the benefit of agencies is um, you're able to, you're able to, uh, create a, a lot of impact for a lot of people um, versus just one brain or product. Um, uh, so you can help a lot of other people um, uh, uh, accomplish their mission. And so when you're focused on a mission like mine, 
uh, it usually aligns with the mission of the brands we work with, which is to, to make uh, humanity better. Um, and so reduce human suffering and help people realize the max, maximum potential. And so we, um, so that's, so that's one of the good Two, It's a great, it's a good, it's probably one of the best cash flow businesses to own. Like there's not that many businesses that can be this profitable right out of the gate. Um, service-based agencies, like it, it's a lot of my, it's a lot of uh, knowledge work and it's a lot of uh, technical skill. And it, that's not necessarily uh, hiring the pieces and components to build an iPhone and sell like that. And you know, I'm not manufacturing products necessarily. I'm, I'm creating innovations on a, on a knowledge and a strategic and a technical level, and we're distributing those. Those have high margins, um, and so we. Um, so I, I, I've learned to appreciate the cash flow side of it. I've learned to become a better manager and businessman, um, and a better leader, and in the process, um, being less bogged down by the um volatility uh of agency life that being said my real heart is to build some crazy uh innovation that's going to radically uh change the world and i don't know what that looks like exactly yet um but i do think that the, the best vehicle i have to get there uh and make positive change along the way is lucid better hop on the metaverse trend then <laughs> sheesh <laughs> like yeah yeah i'm i mean i'm interested i I'm like, I'm super interested in consciousness, man. I'm like, that's where I'm at. Like, I, I, I like, that's why, you know, this conscious compound and this, this stuff with, uh, CBD and hemp and psychedelics. I think that, uh, I'm really interested in helping, uh, other people in myself unlock their fullest potential and humanity unlock its full potential. I, I think when you work on conscious innovation, you sidestep a lot of the uh, bullshit. Like you, you skip over some of the, a lot of the nonsense that people focus on and you help create bigger ideas. Like, so I think that connects to the metaverse, actually, because I think the metaverse is the conscious evolution of humanity as well. We're already in it. We're talking through the computers right now. People are watching on the Internet. This is all a metaverse activity. Um, but like, what's happening on the conscious level while we're doing that? And how can you continue to innovate upon that? So um, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely interested uh, in working with the metaverse. But I already realize I am. Uh, yeah. I'm curious what that, what that uh, becomes. For sure. The very beginnings of it. So for all the, so you guys are working with a lot of different brands, um, but generally they're all in the same, in this industry of, you know, like you said, conscious compounds, um, CBD hemp, you know, you mentioned a bu bunch of other ones in which you're starting to break into. Um, so I imagine some of them are, are competitors and for any like prospective, you know, other wellness brands that are listening that, you know, may want to work with you. Like, have you gotten pushback in, in the past where it's like, Hey, you guys are specialized in this one niche of D2C commerce and you're working with a lot of my competitors like how will you serve me in a way that's actually like different than my competitors you know what i mean like how do i know you're not going to lose my totally. uh, leak my secrets like all these things totally it's my favorite question like i love it uh and i'll tell you i have two answers to it i'm also personally um, wondering too first, i got a, I, <laughs> Because <laughs> I've always thought, like, it's, people say, like, oh, you guys are in e-commerce. Do you work with a specific niche in e-commerce? I'm like, well, how would I work with two different soccer brands? Right? Yeah. Like, how would that work? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You can't work with two. You can't work with two. But you can work with three. Uh, and the way to do it is two is two is a conflict, three is a specialty, is the quote okay. that I was given by um, a uh, by a, uh, a potential client. Um, it was actually the CEO of Green Roads CBD, which is one of the top CBD brands in the world. And um, he learned that from his years in advertising and marketing. And I really liked it. And it makes total sense. Um, you know, uh, when you're when, if I'm working with uh, one soccer major soccer team and another major soccer team. Yeah, it's a competition. I'm conflicting. Like, uh, you know, it's a, I can see that. But when you start working with all of the soccer teams and you start serving and helping all of them and you have clear confidentiality, confidentiality between each of them, you can learn best practices uh, and help the whole industry grow. And in that process, the rising tide raises all shit. Uh, ships and so um so i i really love the quote two is a conflict three is a specialty uh we're specialized uh we know what we're doing better than anyone ever could uh in cbd and hip, uh, at least up to this point maybe eventually someone does it better but we're first and, and, and currently we're best uh and if, if we keep learning i don't think that that will change um and so i like i i guess that's what i'm saying is it's like there's it's it's hard to have the understanding of an industry like we do with CBD and, and now becoming with ketamine and conscious compounds, unless you spend a lot of time, energy and focus and get a lot of purview um, into it. In fact, most people in the CBD industry do not have the, the 
perspective into the industry that Lucid has. Um, like, I didn't set out, I didn't set out for us to be kind of like drug kingpins uh, with this uh, company, but it kind of turned into that a little bit because we, we, we have a lot of insight that people typically won't talk to each other about. Uh, and we're, we're not sharing that, but we're able to learn best practices that are able to help everyone grow in the process. Um, and I, most people that worked with us have found that to be a fruitful return. So that's one. Two, competitions for losers. Like this is a hard and true fact, and the sooner people realize it, the more successful they'll become. Uh, competition is—it's a fallacy, man. It's—it's a—it's an old school idea from a zero sum game. We are no longer in a zero sum game. There is a blue ocean of opportunity that's that's getting bigger by the day and expanding by the day. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you can only be competing if you're focusing on what someone else is doing. If you're not focusing on what someone else is doing what competition is there because mm. um, who can compete with what your mind is able to come up with or your uh, your heart is able to be passionate about or, or, or you're able to create it's not possible um, and so uh, the way I think about this is like um, we incur we help our brands and come up with unique strategies that make them the the best that they possibly can. And we, we take what they're doing that's unique to them and we help amplify that. And if they focus on who they are and keep expanding that versus who X brands doing or Y brands doing, um, then they have a real shot of becoming the leading brand um, that other people are quote unquote competing against. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a deep believer. Uh, this is the same fog. I, I do not know a single competitor's name uh, in, the, in the CBD ad agency wow. world. Uh, I, I don't care. Uh, I, 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 it's not something I think about. Um, I, I barely know ad agencies in the space other than my friends. Uh, and those are not my competition. They're my friends like you guys. Like I, I, there is so much opportunity. Uh, and I, I'm confident that I can't, I, I'm confident that I can't do whatever next idea. I, I, I don't know the next idea Alex, you and Dave have. Or and I'm and I'm confident you don't know what next thing I'm gonna do. Um, and 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 like that that unique ability for us to create and innovate is where I know real value comes from, and that's where I spend my time and energy is living in that place. And I encourage other people to do so too because it's far more abundant. There's way less conflict. You there's you generate rather than suck value from other people, uh, and uh, and it, it leads to a more fruitful and positive. Uh, existence, both for yourself and the people who consume your products. Dude, your confidence just like radiates. It's like you're indubitably, indubitably <laughs> correct. Like I know this, and this is a fact. I love that. <laughs> but I know I love I love what, yeah. Well, I, I think it's important. I love what you're painting. You, here. It's almost uh, like a horse race without a finish line. Like everyone's just trying to go fast, but there's no like competition, right? It's like everyone's just going to go as fast as they can. I'm not looking at totally. who's going next to me because it doesn't matter who finishes first. And it's, it's not, there's no, there is no, like the, the idea of a finish line is yeah. like, we're all actually going, not direct. We're going out. Like, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it, dude, this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm spending more time on conscious work and, and I, by no means do I have it all figured out and I'm learning every day. And I, I I'm confident because it, it, it allows me to, uh, execute, uh, effectively. And when I find out I'm wrong, I, I learn quickly. I, I can say I used to, I, I used to be really self-conscious and I used to, uh, revel in my failure. I don't do that anymore. I, I, I win and I learn. Uh, and when I learn, I become better. This at is me. one of our and core values in the company. You win or learn. It's, it's so important, man. It's so important. You should add competitions for losers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because uh, like you, when, it, it, so you, you can't lose if you're not competing. You're just doing you. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I, 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 like, I think it ties into a bigger idea. Like, this time and space is constantly expanding. Like the opportunities are constantly expanding. This, this, uh, this, you know, fighting over the same cow or fighting over the same dollar idea is so outdated. Um, like go create new money if you need to, uh, like whatever you need to do, <laughs> like uh, your crypto, like go do whatever you need to do, but look for opportunities to innovate. And I, I think that I, I think at, you know, I, maybe I'll discover as I uh, become more mature and wiser that competition does play some role when you become a major uh, organization or entity. My honest to God opinion, though, is that that's not actually the case. That that's just old school ideas that have been uh, brought into business that will soon be eradicated. Do you normally take like the sales calls for your um, organization or do you have a salesperson? Uh, both and. Uh, I do a lot of closing um, and I have a high closing rate. I feel good about that. But I think that's because of just like, um, you know, clear value. It's like when you when you have a really good offer, it's it's hard to 
it's it's easy to sell and uh, like you know if you're if you own the cbd brand and you want to advertise and you've never been able to and everything you've tried has never worked and i have tons of examples of, of me doing it actively at the moment yeah. um it's easy it's a lot easier to close those kind of deals than i think most people have to deal with um so so i have me and then i have my chief connection officer who's also a partner matt seibert he does uh, a lot of our um uh, our outreach uh, with our we some appointment centers uh, that do some we do we do a lot of cold outreach more cold outreach than most people do actually um, and it works sometimes uh, and so uh, so we do that and we have a few appointment centers and then I have an administrative guy uh, over our sales team I'm really leaning into more referral based relationships now and I'm also learning leaning into more um, partner relationships um, I had I talked to uh, Madison Fiore, who was the uh, head of growth of our Hawk Media uh, the other day. He's a good friend of mine, and he um, he gave me some really good insight on how to how Hawk grew to forty million dollars so fast. Uh, and so, um, it, primarily, that was around the idea of he created a lot of referral partners, and then he would constantly send them referrals, even people he didn't know, which I thought was like wild. Uh, like uh, like the idea that I would I would connect. I don't know, Shopify to some brand that I don't work with and, and, and if I didn't work with Shopify and then make that connection so that way Shopify would then I'll be uh, motivated to send me leads uh, was a really cool idea. So he did that at scale and he had his sales team do that uh, as well. They literally were like quoted to send an X number of leads uh, per uh, week. And in the process by, and this is like, this, you know, this goes back to like what Nick Shackleford talks about a lot um, and what, uh, so there's some other people in the industry that talks about this a lot. It came from Google originally, but it's like the giver mindset. If you're just so focused on creating and, and driving and delivering value, you'll return faster than yeah. you can imagine. So, jab, 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 right? so I've, I've done a lot of outreach. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm expecting in the future. So the next step with our sales is to be a lot more focused on distributing referrals to other people in the industry that would probably be in contact with potential clients or um, we call our clients investors because we're trying to drive a return for them as effectively as we can and um, and then get more referrals that way. That's awesome. I like using that terminology, investors. <laughs> Isn't that fun? My, uh, my partner, uh, Avin, came up with that. He's been a friend of mine for a long time, but... Yeah, I mean, they're investing money, time, and energy into us, and it's our job to drive uh, a return. So, yeah, it's, a, it's funny how just a little bit of a frame shift can make all the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For all the for all the prospective wellness brands listening, I mean, this is, like I said, your confidence radiates, and it's just crazy how great of a value prop you guys have. It's almost like like Willy Wonka meets Heisenberg. Like, you, you have the golden ticket. I'm the only one that can show you the factory. And I'm going to have like the best factory, but I'm also Heisenberg, like you mentioned earlier, just slugging, slugging drugs and I make the best drugs or whatever. Um, so, and it's also ironic too, totally. because like, I don't know for anyone that watched Breaking Bad, but like he was so competition based, right? Like all he cared about was like competition. He would kill people that, to make sure that they weren't his competition. But um, no, it's, it's really impressive what you guys have built and uh, you should absolutely be proud of it because it's very impressive. Thank you, man. I'm grateful as it comes. Um, and I couldn't do it without the people around me and the support. I, you know, it's like that book, um, uh, Outliers. Yeah. It's like, it's not you who are that special. It's the people around you. Like, even you guys, uh, you know, letting me talk on your, on your podcast and share value. It's like, it's the support systems around you that make you successful, not, not yourself. And so I'm grateful for the people and for God. And frankly, like we're still so early, like people are doing such big, incredible things. And I'm so I'm so uh, confident in God's ability to do great things through my, me and my team. And I trust uh, that this is just the beginning. And so I'm, I'm, I have big ideas. I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be, I'm hopeful that we're so well positioned with CBD and hemp that it leads us to being really well positioned with the psychedelic revolution. That's, um, that's uh, inevitable um, and, uh, and coming quickly as well as this adaptogen and the future of wellness. And in the process, I think we're going to be able to usher in, um, or we're going to help distribute these products that can make people's lives a lot better. And then I'm, I'm interested in like uh, uh, modern addiction treatments, uh, things like this. Like I, I'm, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, like addiction hasn't been innovated on since like 1940s uh, <laughs> like with AA and like uh, there hasn't been that, that much. And Bill W., who is one of the Alcoholics Anonymous founders, he actually did LSD one time and said that he thinks it could be a cure for uh, addiction, which is hilarious because he created uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and and you know, it was very much like you have a chronic, incurable, uh, uh, chronic and incurable disease that you need to go to this group in order to solve. And then he does a psychedelics and he thinks it might solve, solve addiction. Uh, and that was that was 60, you know, 80 years ago. Like, and so there's there's I think there's tremendous I think there's tremendous change 
uh, near uh, to now, and uh, and it's already happening. And I um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to usher some of it. And I uh, I want to play a bigger level. Like I'm, I'm so much like I was telling you, I'm so much more. It, you know, Lucid does uh, several million a year now, which is great. But several million a year are still a very small, medium, uh, small, a small business uh, relative to to big business. And I, I'm very interested in building um, radical innovation that drives so much value that the natural outcome is a multi-billion-dollar company. That's awesome. Outside of uh, your initial days of trying to figure out how to advertise, <laughs> how to advertise your products, what's been like the, the biggest challenge that you guys have probably experienced this year, probably? Sheesh. Um, hmm. uh, probably two. One, like, uh, it's growth, right? Like, uh, someone told me one time, it's the, the biggest chokehold on your business is the psychology of the founders. I think it's true. Like I like it's it, if if I'm not personally growing and my team's not my leadership team's not personally growing, then my company's not growing. Uh, and so I'm I'm looking to identify opportunities for growth uh, personally. And so I think I, I think like being taking the nece- having the discipline and taking the necessary actions in order to put myself in a place of um, uh, the most effective work I can I can do and my team can do. Um, is not easy. It's worth it, uh, and 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 so being consistently there can be challenging. But I think that's where a lot of opportunity lives. And so getting myself and getting my team there, so we're constantly learning and developing and becoming better. Because what got us here is not going to get us there. Type mentality. Um, so that's one. And two, innovation like uh, in strategies, right? Like I'm I'm like I'm. We have a lot of revenue that comes from uh, primarily CBD and hip. Uh, still uh, on primarily on Facebook. And so I need more diversification uh, to other platforms like TikTok and Google. And we're working quickly on that. I need more diversification into other compounds that will also help humanity. And so we're working quickly, quickly on that as well. Um, but um, it's not easy to make zero to one change. And and it's not easy to, to but it, uh, again, it's worth it. And so it's, um, so I think the biggest challenge has been coming up with new and more innovative ways to um, drive uh, profitable sales. I'll give one more. Attribution is a bitch. Yeah. Like uh, this whole iOS 14 stuff. I mean, it affects all of us. I'm like, and I'm I'm such a, I'm so interested in uh, advertising philosophy. Uh, like in the sense of like, like we've I, so you know we went through this 2012 20 or whatever it was 2013 2012 to 2018 window of just like pretty successful advertising with some you know gaps here and there but like you pretty much just run some cool product with some cool ads and make a lot of money uh, through facebook instagram through influencers through these different channels and um and then that's not really the case anymore uh, you have to be a lot more creative you have to have great journeys you got to have great products you have a great offer a great brand great um uh, great ads great creative all of it and um and when like attribution is in such a state where everyone has like a different opinion on it, as soon as I feel like there's some type of like foundation of like, oh, this is how people should see it, it seems it's changed. And so um so that becomes very challenging. But I'm a, a big believer that that this way of advertising with with that with any sense of attribution and through digital and through the internet, through major social media platforms, it's such a major innovation and something that's never really been that's never really existed for businesses. Um, that all those a lot of people are nihilists about the current state of digital advertising. I'm I'm like a I'm like a deep optimist. Uh, like I I just think that like if you think about it in any spectrum of time, it's never been possible to do what we're doing today, even with the level of challenges that we're experiencing. It's just a matter of uh, continued growth and evolution. I also think that there's multi-trillion or trillion nearly trillion dollar companies that have. <laughs> a couple primary revenue sources, one of which is advertising. It's their main prerogative yeah. to find out ways to give clear attribution so we can keep spending on their platforms. I'm, if I, anytime I don't feel confident in my own ability to figure out attribution, I have a deep sense of trust that the platforms that all we're advertising for or on rather are, um, are working on solutions. And that might change. Meta might go down uh, one day and TikTok might take over and TikTok might go down and Apple ads might take over or Shopify ads or whatever that looks like at whatever time. But I'm confident in the, um, 
I'm confident that this is the most effective advertising channel that's ever existed, uh, and that it's only that it's only going to get better over time, even though it goes through ups and downs. Dave and I were just talking about this yesterday, where like, you know, the the glory days uh, of twenty, like you said, twenty thirteen to eighteen, are completely changed now. Um, and also, we're going through this macroeconomic cycle, right? Where you know, there's a lot of like a lot of DDC brands are just very down. Like, you know, people are big tech companies are laying off people like left and right, um, but. I was saying to Dave, like, yeah, like it's a lot harder and, you know, there's more competition on these platforms. Some, some platforms are a lot more expensive than they used to be, you know, whatever it is. But I think over well, over like 10, 20 years, the fundamental idea of what, you know, Facebook and Google created and now it's starting to, you know, show on other platforms like that is here to stay. And the opportunities that those fundamental yeah. concepts create will continue to innovate forever. It's like, it's like inventing electricity. You know what I mean? It's like electricity opens the door right. for everything else. So light bulbs might stop working, but new light bulbs. Yeah, will exactly. Get created. Uh, like, you know, that. It's high, so I, I'm, I'm on the exact same vibe, Alex. And this is what I actually try to communicate to, um, to our investors, our, our clients is I, I say, you know, it's like the, if you look at any, if you look at the, uh, past history, if you look at any recent history, uh, brands that advertise through recessions and depressions typically are the brands that are on top post them. So it's like I'm I'm encouraging brands that I that we work with to like look for ways to come up with how you can make sense of these numbers, whether that's MER or um, you know a, a tool or uh, or platform realize whatever matters to you, um, and and try to try to keep going uh, because the brands that can push through this and figure out ways to become to be profitable with these platforms while a lot of people are pulling off. Uh, or changing strategies, I think will uh, be the ones uh, that that do really well post this uh, this episode. And I I think it's ending. Uh, I don't think like even if privacy gets more secure and data becomes more whatever, like uh, more uh, more encrypted and harder to track people online. I it's everything's just going to iterate and evolve, and so um, so I'm going to keep evolving with it. This is one of the things I hate about agency life, though. To be honest, like uh, it, it's like it, it, it's it's a it's a, it's a very rapidly iterative game. It's not that easy to you have to be present with it and on your toes. And you have smart people who are willing to adapt and overcome on a regular basis. I think you have to do this in every business to some degree. I just don't think it's so. It, yeah, I think it's a little it's a little bit more at least agitating on the agency side. Um, but it's it's a little bit I. I I think it's probably uh, I think it's probably not as difficult of of an iteration because you're not really responding just to like advertising policy changes. You're you're I think you're iterating on things that stack and and, and grow over time. And I think that we in the agency life we're a little bit more reactive to what what the marketplace is doing. So I don't know. Like, I but I guess that that's one of the things I this is my least favorite part about agency life is navigating these changes. But I I'm also confident in both the platform's abilities to come up with innovations and that like that i i just know that we're like you said we've we've invented electricity with modern advertising and it's just a matter of time before new innovations occur that lead to uh, clear attribution and more effective advertising yep aaron, um aaron you were um you were not a founder at monk although you felt like you were Right. Uh, I thought I was <laughs> outside, outside of realizing how to not get screwed over. What were some of the things that you took from there uh, and learned? Like, I'm not going to do this this time over here. I'm going to do this differently in building this current agency. Yeah. Culture, man. Like that was the big one. Um, yeah. Like, so uh, Monk was a crazy learning experience. Like we were pretty early to the sea. Like, you know, we went to $15 million a year by 2014 or something. Like that was that was pretty early in the game to have that big of a company in the DVC space, uh, and, and so wow, we were growing at a rapid pace. People like people like you know, I'm not even sure Alberts was around or Hims or hers. Like a lot of these billion dollar DVC brands, I'm not even sure they existed yet. And so it's like I was I was really early in that regard, um, uh, which which taught me a lot, and um, and I was and I learned a lot about influencer marketing. I learned about a lot about Facebook advertising, etc. But one of the biggest ch like things I learned that taught me what to do differently is. We didn't have a very good culture. Uh, like it was fun, and we had people who cared about our product. We had people who cared about each other, but like it, it was a pretty, it was a pretty rough culture. There's a lot of dysfunction, and there was a lot of um, 
hustle culture of just work hard long. And I, I think in those three years that I, that I was um, CMO at Monk, um, I, I probably spent five plus years of my life uh, and just like an energy and mind share and like how I treat my body and how hard I pushed. And it was difficult. And I, I, I've learned how not to be sustainable which taught me how to be sustainable with both myself and my, my partners, my team, my management team, my leadership team and, and our employees. Um, and so uh, it's like, it's like, you know, some of the hardest, some of the most tough and traumatic experiences are the deepest and most impactful lessons. And that was one for me. And I learned what a dysfunctional team looked like and, Honestly, God, Lucid is one of the most uh, beautiful cultures I've ever been a part of. Um, one of the most uh, communicative, honest, loving, uh, careful, uh, open, trustworthy, um, and focused uh, on uh, doing great work, but also being balanced in our personal and professional lives. And I'm, I don't think that would be possible if myself and Avin and some of the other people that uh, work on my team even now uh, didn't experience the experience we had at Monk. I love Monk. I love the opportunity we had, the growth and, the and what we learned. Um, there was just also some very challenging things that taught me how to do it much better this time around. And, uh, and I'm confident that now that I know that, I know how to do it moving forward. And it, I'm grateful that I learned that at such a young age, even though it was very hard at that time. Yeah. So did more than one team member come from Monk? Yeah. Um, so I'm a big per believer in people over projects, right? So like, uh, like say, you know, Alex and Dave, like you guys are working on your project now, or you're working on mission control now and I'm working on Lucid now, but that might not be the same five years from now, 10 years from now. But if, if I play my cards right and you play your cards right, hopefully we're still friends by then and, and, and just better friends. And, and I treat most of my relationships that way. That took me a long time to learn. I did not know that back in the day. It took me and probably three years ago, I started learning that. Um, it's that people are so much more important than, than your projects are. Um, the projects come and go. You want to be focused on the people. And so something I learned, something about Monk is I have some really great relationships from Monk that have carried over into uh, my life today. And not just Monk, but many of my other projects I've worked on. So like even like if, if I would go through my employees uh, or the team members now, um, like in my partners, um, you know, Avin, my, my C, our, our COO and my partner, um, he was uh, the agency that did all the web development work and design. He was the head of the, he was the CEO of the agency that did all the web development and design work uh, for Monk, um, as well as some other brands of mine uh, in the past. And he was he was my best friend uh, for before he became uh, my partner. And we were friends for a long time before we became partners uh, in that regard. Calvin, he invested in one of my D2C brands uh, uh, prior to who's he's another partner in CSO. He invested in one of my D2C brands prior to uh, being a partner in Lucid. Matt was um, Matt and I owned a cannabis consulting company, and when I was uh, whenever I was really down on my luck after my CBD brand, uh, I, I left. I exited from my CBD brand, and and they they went their own way. Uh, Matt put me on and would give me consulting jobs that were higher per hour rates than I have ever experienced in my life, uh, and that was a big shift and uh, big shift for me. So we built a we built a really strong relationship, and he, he and um, we had a consulting company together that naturally led him to being part of Lucid. Um, I have uh, my one of my designers, Jacqueline, was a was a uh, 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 we call him happiness engineer or customer support representative at Monk, uh, and she's been working with me on multiple products. And I have a handful of other people. One of one of my one of my copywriters uh, uh, and uh, creative coordinators is a uh, I judged his entrepreneur class uh, at the school I went to college in. And uh, he presented and I voted on his uh, project and I thought he was the winner. And so I, he, after he graduated from entrepreneurship uh, major at, at Paul Michelini, I hired him. Uh, and, and so it's like, I'm so much more, and I tell my team, this is part of our culture. Guys, Lucid is going to come and go. And I mean, tell them, I tell them this straight. Like uh, it's, I want you to see what I've done with my career and the people around you have done with their careers and how much more important the relationships are than the project itself. I, I go, I don't, I don't want you being here any longer than you want to be here or you think you should be or I think you should be. And I don't want to be here any longer than I think I should be or you think I should be. Like, uh, you know, like we should realize that the, the projects are going to iterate, that people are the things that last um, for lifetimes. And if you can nurture those relationships, they can pay dividends uh, for future product, uh, projects uh, and opportunities on a, both a professional and a personal level. Um, and so I put a lot of focus and emphasis uh, on that area in my life.
That is fire. We gotta clip that one right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this whole this whole show, there's just been so much fire. I mean, that it makes sense, right? I mean, Jim Collins talks about it in Good Degree. It's like board the bus with the right people, and then figure out where the hell the destination of the bus is. Um, and you know, as yeah. long as you got the people around you, um, and I'm I'm very thankful of the network that I have, and you know, I think we can also say the same. Like it's it's one of the best pleasures of doing business is is knowing the people that you do. So. I can't agree more. Absolutely. And it's not such an obstacle. A lot of people, like when I, before I was friends with a lot of people in this space or other spaces, I, I, I was uh, fearful of it. You know, like it was like a barrier to entry. Like, oh, how do I even become friends with Alex and Dave or, or whoever? Me too. You know, it's, yeah. uh, this, the reality, yeah. I mean, the reality is you just focus on sharing value and loving and building relationships. And if, if you learned, if you practice that, which it's not like a, inherent skill for most, at least that wasn't for me, like, um, practice that practice learning, like, Hey, Alex and Dave, what's your challenge? What are you facing? Oh, okay. Well, would it help you if this, if I, well, I know this guy who can do this, would that be any yeah. value to you? Like look for opportunities to help and serve other people. And in the process, um, like just, just be trust, trust that it will return to you, uh, some ways and maybe not even by the same people, but that like naturally it will return to you. And I found that the more that I've shared and given, the more that it's been returned to me. Um, and I used to think of it a little bit like, like, Oh, like, Oh, I got to give and already get And like, it's, now I just, I, I, I trust that process and I have faith in that process. And I just look for opportunities to serve. Um, and even whenever I think I want something for someone, I'm looking for opportunities to serve them. Um, ideally even before I ask yeah. anything so that I think it creates abundance and abundance, um, create, uh, is a win for all of us. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So Aaron, as you know, this has been amazing. As we begin to wrap up, uh, one of the things we like to do at the end of our episodes here and with every guest is ask a question. So uh, what I would ask to you is if you could sit in a room with a bunch of mentors once every morning to help guide you, they could be alive or dead, who would be in that room? Steve Jobs. Um, so that would be one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Steve Jobs, uh, uh, Elon Musk, uh, uh, Carnegie. Um, how many do I get? I mean, as I many as you want. Like, it's a boardroom uh, list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You gotta, make, you gotta make sure they all get along, though. If you're gonna bring them all in there, <laughs> I hope they don't. I hope they don't get along. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the goal. Uh, you know, that's that's if they all get along, I don't need any of them. Uh, like, uh, that's that's actually one of my favorite quotes. Um, it's like if everyone agrees, you don't need. Or if, if two people agree, you probably don't need yeah. them. Like, uh, and so so <laughs> uh, so. Steve Jobs, Carnegie, uh, Elon Musk, um, Tony Robbins. Um, um, not specifically this guy, but someone at his caliber, like a Banksy, like a pure artist. Um, like uh, it's just like really uh, innovative and creative and, uh, and out of left field. Um Uh, Suzushi Roski, I think is how you say his name. Uh, he was the author, he was a Zen master, and he was the author of um, um, uh, Beginner's Mind, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, uh, which was Steve Jobs' favorite book on spirituality. It's a very, very good book. Um, that's six. I, my wife, she's freaking brilliant uh, and is a mentor to me every day. Um, and Like, in, like, I'm really interested, like, maybe like a, maybe like a Morgan Stanley type figure. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm very interested in, I'm very, so I'll, I'll say those. I, I'm very interested in um, industry makers. Like, I think that something happens once you're starting to focus on value to such a big degree that you're no longer concerned about um, Terrence McKenna uh, or Joe Rogan. There you go. That, that, I've had those people too. Uh, uh, um, and, and Alex Gray. So there, that's my list. That's 10. Uh, and the reason is like, I, I'm, I'm very interested in people who are concerned about value creation and consciousness to the level of uh, uh, conscious innovation to human development. I think these are the things that actually matter. I think money comes and goes. I think it's, it's made up by different people at different times in different ways. Uh, but conscious innovation, like that stuff lasts forever. People who are focused on industries uh, as a whole, rather than the dollar, like, 
um, that's I'm, I'm far more interested in that. I, I'm I, as I continue to grow in my professional career, I realize how insignificant money actually is, which is funny because you pursue money until you realize it doesn't matter, and then you pursue value. And and when you pursue value, like real strong value, um, money is just like a natural output uh, of, of value. So I'm focused on creating more value. I'm focused on creating more global change, and and I would love to have mentors who have done that and had experience doing that. And um, few people have done that to the level that Jobs and Carnegie and Stanley and like Edison like have done. And I think when you start thinking at that level, things like money they just don't matter anymore. You're thinking about uh, how to how to innovate about consciousness, how to innovate on humanity. And I uh, I look forward to. Um, learning from those people more and more because they have existed and they are my mentors now. And I, I trust that God will do something similar through me. For sure. And you know what, the, by nature of those guys all being industry makers and, and passionate people about it and not worried about the money, they'd be very happy. Uh, you know, a lot of them are dead now. So a lot of them would be very happy to hear you speak about them this way. So that's awesome, man. Um, as we wrap up here, what what is the best way for people to follow you and, and learn more from you? Totally. Um, so you can connect with me on social. Uh, Aaron J. Nosbish, N-O-S-B-I-S-C-H. It's down here somewhere in my name. Um, that's me on social. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me and talk, uh, or if you're interested in Lucid and you have a, a brand that you'd like us to advertise or support you or just have some ideas, uh, you can connect with us at We Are Lucid. Uh, dot com lucid is l-u-c-y-d so lucid uh, we are lucid.com so guys i'm grateful thank you for so much for having me on i appreciate it thank you man it's been a great great time thanks for coming yeah same here man i'm looking for part two looking forward to the next yeah. hell yeah <laughs> <laughs>